Welcome to Lighthouse 805 Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's episode, Frontierland, as we explore the happiest place on earth. Good morning. Uh, man, I'm excited you guys are here today. It's a good, it's a good morning. It's, um, we're straight into winter time. I mean, you could all feel the weather. It's nice and cold outside, is what I like to say, except for it's, uh, the sand and winds are here, and it is nice and hot. Um, I thought it was cold inside my house, and then I walked outside dressed like this, and I was like, what is happening? Uh, it's very toasty, uh, which is perfect for the message today, because we were jumping into um, the wise men, uh, Christmas time message. Um, it's a juxtaposition today, so just imagine cold breezes and snowfall, um, even though it's very hot outside. We have the AC on. It's, it's, it's pleasant. Um, we are continuing in our Disneyland series, it's about building happiness um, and the realization that finding happiness is not really a destination, but it's, it's a relationship with Jesus. It's really the journey in that relationship. And part of that, uh, today's message is about frontier land. And it's this concept of, well, sometimes we don't know where to start. Sometimes we just, it's like this new frontier. It's like you hear the messages and you're like, dig deeper in your word, do this, do that. And it's like, um, okay. That's a, that's a frontier land to me. So what's, what's my next step? What's my next step of moving forward with Jesus? Um, I heard a quote once, Jesus loves us so much that he'll meet us where we're at, but loves us even more that he wants to not leave us there. He wants to move us forward. He wants to take us on his journey with him. So it's this frontier land. It's this concept of moving forward with Jesus to places we've never gone before. And I want to dive into the story of the wise men, which is, it's, it's kind of funny because I thought weather would be cooler by now, but it's, it's just not. So um, just pretend Christmas time, I guess. Uh, we're jumping into Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship. A band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. This is the wise men. This is the magi. This is, these are the, the most commonly known as the, the three wise men. Um, that journeyed on camels out to meet Jesus. They're the one that gave the gifts. They're the one that are part of the nativity scene. That's these guys. And it's, it's kind of interesting when you start researching who they are. You find out that they're, they're scholars sitting around very comfortable, learning, and they're very educated. You learn that they were tracking stars for their whole life. You learn that they're following the rules of the universe. You learn that they're taking in all this information and they share it with like minds. They're very scholarly. And at one point, Jesus says, hey, I want you to leave everything you know, journey very far on camel and find Jesus. And it's so interesting because that's, that's completely opposite of what their life is up to this point. They have to leave their comfort zone, everything that they know and love, and go after Jesus. And I think that's, that's us sometimes. And God's like, I have this purpose and this plan for you, but I need you to step out of your comfort zone to go after it. And it's like, well, I know all the things that I feel comfortable in, and I like tracking this, and I like doing this, and I have all my hobbies, and it's, I like my bubble, God. God's like, there's a frontier I need you to go after. So, number one, love is patient, love is phantasmic. Have you ever seen the phantasmic show at Disneyland? That's, for me, I have, dif I have mixed emotions on it. 
okay? Um, I, ha- I married into a family that, that loves the shows, absolutely loves the shows. They want to sit there. They want to see the water. They want to see the fireworks. They want to see all the things. That's, to me, is my time to get on all the rides that all the suckers are watching. I'm like, <laughs> wait times are ticking down. <laughs> this is time to go. And I remember Barry and they're like, no, we got to see the show. And I'm like, that's where everyone stands. We're missing the wait times. And I, I remember the Fantasmic. I don't think I ever watched it as a kid. I don't, I really don't think I ever saw it until we were married. And then until your mom made me see it. <laughs> there was a whole lot of shows I had always avoided. But Fantasmic, I remember watching it. And it's the show, it's, it's filled with all these, the memories of all the the past movies and famous scenes of other people, right? Of other characters. And I thought it was kind of interesting. It's like watching the highlight reel of everyone else but yourself, right? I'm watching all these great moments in history of like animated series where like the battles and the dancing and all these different things that don't involve me whatsoever. But I'm entranced by it. And I think that that's some of the obstacles we can face as Christians, we can get entranced by the highlight reels of others where we'd rather sit back and watch their highlights in Christianity because we're afraid to have our own. Because we're comfortable. We're good. And that's like the phantasmic show in, in a sense. It's like there's all this and this, and we don't have to do anything. We can just sit back, relax, and enjoy it. And I think that's the standpoint of why sometimes North American church is the way it is. I'd rather watch the superhero pastor do all this and that and hear all the stories and, oh, it's great and it's awesome and, and not do anything myself. I think that's, that's one of the tragedies in the church. And I think what's really interesting is the story where God shows up in this village and, and talks to these wise men just, just to... For Bible knowledge's sake, if, in case you didn't know, the Bible never says three wise men. We just gave, we attributed three because that's the amount of presence that showed up. We don't actually know the amount of people that came, but what we do know is that the entire village of what God spoke to, they all didn't come. That's the major fact we have. God went to a village, announced it to everyone there, and only a few came. And I think that's the takeaway here. When God speaks, are we all going or are we waiting on someone else to do it? Somebody else. I, I've told this story before because I think it's so, it's, it's hysterical and it's awesome. And I had this pastor friend and he was youth pastoring at the time. And typically if, if you know, at that church, their senior pastor, if he was out of town, the youth pastor would step up and preach and the, the, the youth pastor was like, I am tired of volunteering and filling all the gaps. There are so many gaps in serving. And he goes, I'm sick of it. And he's like, I'm just going to have a message for that. And so we were talking, and I was like, I was like oh, that's, that's a great message, man. And then he was like, I think I went overboard. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? What would you do? And he goes, I had a funeral instead of a service. And I was like, I think I'm lost because we're talking about one thing and now you just, what's, what, are you, what are you talking about? And so he said that he got the whole youth group to wear all black and to, to fake cry in front of the church and pass out um, 
uh, like eulogy in the papers, you know, at, at memorial services, and they're passing it out, and people are walking in, and, and everyone's perplexed. It's Sunday morning, like, why is there a funeral service? I thought I'm coming to church. And so then everyone sits down, and, and he gets up, and they have, they run through the entire service, a memorial service, and, and they mourned somebody else. That was a name on the eulogy. Somebody else has passed away. And he started leading into, because somebody else will do it. Somebody else will take care of it. Somebody else will do this. Somebody else will blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know what? Gone is the day of somebody else. It's time for you. And it was a, it was a great message. It was kind of quirky, <laughs> but I like those kind of things. And I was really thinking about that for this. In the Phantasmic show, how much longer do we need to sit around celebrating the highlight reels of everyone else? It's our time to step up. It's our time to serve. It's our time to say, Jesus, whatever you say, I want to do it. And so the, the three obstacles that, that the, the wise men faced of coming out, that they braved, that they did and no one else did, are these. A, knowledge. Knowledge. One of the things that will keep us from moving forward in our relationship with Jesus is the knowledge we have acquired. Because it's like, oh, I know what will happen. I know that if I do this and this and this, and it's, it's impossible. Because our knowledge can replace our faith. Our knowledge can overshadow our belief in what Jesus can do. Oh, I've done this before. I know it's going to fail. Well, is it? Because Jesus just told you to do it. And if Jesus said it, you need to have some faith in it. Knowledge is one of the biggest preventative measures of that keeps us from actually stepping out in faith. It's like, oh, I know better. I know this. I know. Do you know, I, I really think when Jesus said we need to have faith like a child, it was because they don't have the history markers of knowledge that will prevent them from stepping forward. When, when kids hear something, they just do it. They'll run full steam ahead. They might get hurt, but they'll get back up, they'll cry a little bit, and they'll keep moving forward. And I think that's, that's the faith concept that God wants us, but our knowledge sometimes will hold us back. And then B, another obstacle that, that the wise men faced and had to overcome is, is routine. The things that we do over and over and over can sometimes entrench us in preventing us from moving forward. Routine is like the greatest thing that holds us back. Like, I love my routine. And if something gets in my way, it throws me off for the day. Like, have you, just, just to prove it, I was talking to Sterling about this the other day. The worst feeling in the world is when you wake up naturally like this. <gasps> my alarm. You know what I mean? And you're like, you check the thing, and you're like, I am so late. And the whole rest of the day, you just, you, there's like that weird feeling. Because your routine, it was just thrown off by just a few minutes. Routine. One of the things we have to get past of is knowing that God is here and that our routine isn't bigger than our God. It's okay if God shows up and says, do this. It's okay if our day feels a little bit off. God is with us. See, like company. These wise men belonged to a village and they had to leave the people they knew and were comfortable with and loved 
and go to a place that they weren't accepted. There is some racial tension happening here at the underlying surface. One thing I love about our church is we're so diverse. We're very, very diverse. But in this concept, this idea, one of the greatest things that we have to overcome is be able to step out with people that aren't necessarily like us. They might not have the same beliefs. They might not have the same whatevers. And it can be difficult to overcome that. But that's the bridge that God is calling us past. He's like, do you really think that heaven's going to be separated by what people like and don't like? Last time I checked, there's only one throne. There's only one group of people standing before it. God's chosen people. We're all together. Don't allow your likeness and comfort of being around people that you like prevent you from stepping forward into what God is calling you to do. Number two, be strong and courageous on Thunder Mountain. I remember uh, my brother John and I, we, we would go on Big Thunder Mountain, and I remember one time we had gotten there right before the fireworks happened, and back in the day, it's still kind of today, but they have, today's way more crowded. Back then it was like less lines and stuff. But we got to Big Thunder Mountain right before the, the fireworks because we're like, we're going to ride Big Thunder Mountain while the fireworks are happening. That was just like, we wanted to time it out. So we got there and we ran through the line and we're like, there's no one here. Because really like, who's going to go on Big Thunder Mountain during firework time? It's that late at night, right? So we get in and we're riding it and we, we got too soon. We rode it and it came back. No fireworks. We were like, it was us and like two other people on the thing. And we got there and the, the lady was like, do you guys just want to go again? There's no one here. And we're like, yeah. And they sent it again. And then when we got back, we were like, that was really cool. And then we were like, hey, maybe she'll send it. And then by the time we got back, it was like, and she just kept sending it over and over. We got to see the fire. So then eventually we're like, we're done. Just let us off. And I think the, the people on the ride thought it was hilarious just to trap these boys on this ride. But <laughs> Big Thunder Mountain, the... What's, what, how do they start? The, the wildest ride in the West or something like that? Is that what it says? Um, I think that's, that's our journey with Jesus sometimes. You know, it can start off calm and nice where you're like going through the little village and it's all nice and it just goes crazy. Boulders are falling. You know, it's all kind of chaos. And we make it through the ride and, we, and he brings us to a destination. That's our ride with Jesus. And, and we have to realize that, yeah, it's going to get crazy at times but that doesn't mean we shouldn't go along for the ride with God. You know, that's, that's, that doesn't mean we should just exit mid-ride and live with that animatronic billy goat holding the dynamite. <laughs> that's part of the ride, if you didn't know that. So there's, there's three, three um, parts along the ride, if you will, with Jesus. A, out of comfort. It's, it's where we start. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2 says this. They, they asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on a pilgrimage to worship him. See, it's, it's out of comfort zone. They, these, these men were, were brought out of a place they felt comfortable with, following an obscure star, and now we're kind of lost. I mean, we all know that men love to stop and ask for directions, right? 
how far do you think these guys went before they stopped and asked for directions? Like that's just like a random, I, when I read my Bible, I, I'll, these are my questions I have to God. Um, but they had to get out of their comfort zone to even move forward in what they were called to do. What part of our comfort zone? What, what is holding you back from doing something that God has called you to do? What is holding you back from living out the purpose? What is holding you back from telling someone to come to church and, and know about Jesus? The awkwardness, the, the comfort? What, what is your comfort barrier that God is trying to pull you past? B, through the valley. On Big Thunder Mountain, you have to go out of your comfort zone, but then there's this crazy twists and turns. And Matthew chapter 2, 7 through 8 says, Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east, pretending to be as devout as they were. He got them to tell him exactly when the birth announcement star appeared. He then told the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this child. Leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word and I'll join you at once to worship. Yeah, okay. There's so many times on our journey with Jesus, we'll come along, I don't know, this is, this is really a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will. People that will try to come alongside of us and derail us. I call it, you know, the, these enemy encounters where it's like they say something and it's like this could derail your entire life journey if you would listen to this individual or this situation over God. In our journey with God, it's, it's are we listening to him or are we listening to situations or other people? When situations happen, you can't allow that to be bigger than our God. You can't allow that to, to overwhelm everything you think about. God's bigger than everything. And then see, in the journey with God, in the Big Thunder Mountain illustration, two divine moments. Matthew 2, 9 through 10 says this, Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. In our journey with Jesus, There's a difference when we try to orchestrate something versus God orchestrates something. I find that when I try to do something myself or I try to orchestrate, I try to make something happen, it's often like the right timing but the wrong place or the right place and the wrong timing. But with God, he orchestrates it so things happen at the right time at the right place. That's why it's so critical we're in prayer life with God. We start our day saying, God, I need direction today. When I, when I have this meeting today, I, I, need, I need you to show up. When this one fool is going to show up at work, God, just don't let me say something stu- stupid again. It's, it's those moments that we need to have with God. So you guys are laughing because you're like, that is accurate. We, we need these moments where God directs our life for divine moments, divine intervention. I love it when when you're sitting there and all of a sudden like someone pops in your mind, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, and you just, you're, you just pray for them. You're like, I think I'm gonna pray for this person and you shoot them a text and they're like, I really need a prayer right now. And it's those moments that only God can orchestrate. And it's my, my plea that we would understand that we're gonna be through all these hills and valleys in our life, but that we would actually reach out to God as many moments as we can. 
That those are the those are the divine divine interventions, those divine moments, those those things where God really shows up. And number three, <clears throat> and I will give you rest on Tom Sawyer Island. I was, this is probably the most time I spent on a, a sermon derailed while I was studying. It was like, I went into the weeds on Tom Sawyer. And I can't go into the weeds right now in Rabbit Trail. But if you want to talk about Tom Sawyer Island later, let's do it. Tom Sawyer Island, the concept behind it was so that parents had a way to, to have their kids run off all their excess energy while a parent could sit at a bench. So they could sit down and kids could run into all these caves and they're all naturally set to where the kid would, you know, run off all this energy but then wind up back at the initial bench. Had all these caves, these coves, these climbing things, this pirate set, all these things. Because in the park when they're walking, they want to walk at a certain pace. And they have to stand in a certain line for a certain time. And energy just gets crazy. That's why this island was invented. So they could be isolated and it could would not escape. <laughs> it's, it's, it's this wild concept. It's brilliant. And so this, this idea of the middle of the day, Tom Sawyer Island, it really represents what is filling our tank? What's giving us rest? What's giving us purpose? What's, what is the thing that's like really rejuvenating us in the middle of the day? That's, that's kind of the, the loose concept, if you will, for Tom Sawyer Island. It's, it's this place to explore, enjoy, and get away from the crowds. I love it because it's also the image of what our spirit does during worship and praise and meeting Jesus. It's these moments where the whole park is, is isolated and crowded, and you go off on this isolated island with God, and you rest. Some people rest by running their hearts out. And some people rest by sitting on a bench and saying, don't talk to me for like 10 minutes. You know, it's, it's this, this idea of rest, of finding this, this worship and praise and moment alone with God. And I think it's one of the most skipped things ever. Tom Sawyer Island is one of the least visited spots in Disneyland. If you go over there, you're like, wow, there's 15 people here. And I think that's kind of purposeful at sometimes. Because you can only fit so many people on that little tiny raft that goes across, you know, and then comes back. And I, I think it's, this really represents the ratio of how many people spend time with God alone. It's very few. I want to encourage you, like, as your pastor, man, we need time with Jesus. We need time alone. We need time to rest. Don't, don't be that person that gets angry and bitter because you don't know how to rest right that you don't know how to worship God. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11 says, They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented the gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. There's some very vivid illustration actions happening here. And it's this concept of what happens when we come before the throne of God. A, worship. Worship. Worship isn't just about the music. It's about our heart saying, God, I love you, I adore you, I worship you. 
the music adds in to, to take everything away from our mind just so we can be fully engulfed in lifting up the throne of God. That's what it is. Worship. These men walked in, saw the child in the arms of Mary, overcome, they fell to their knees. That's, that's the idea that we're so overwhelmed by God that we're just so in it with him that nothing else is distracting. It, you know, worship is not sitting there saying, God, I worship you. Oh, two eggs for the dessert later. I think, oh, what was the time? 3.50 at two hours. Okay, that's a distracted worship. That's not full rest. That's not full worship. That's, that's I am worshiping my food and then I'm, I'm gonna bring God into it too. It's, it's the fullness of God. And then B, honor. Honor. One of my favorite things they did was just, they fell to their knees. They, they, they fell to their knees. I, this is completely side rail, sidetracked, but we're going we're gonna to come back, okay? I didn't go too far on Tom Sawyer Island. You're welcome but I'm going to do this little side. We, we, on the, have you, anyone on the Disney Plus app right now? Disney Plus, a little bit? Yes, kind of. Thank you, Ruben Jr. You were very excited right now for the Disney Plus app. I am very excited too. Uh, one of the shows that we found on there that we, I had never really watched before, it's called Caesar Milan. It's the dog whisperer guy. Like, six episodes and I was like why do I keep watching this I can't stop watching this guy talk to dogs it's so it's so much fun and one of the things that he does is with the dogs he said that your eye level compared to the dog's eye level is a huge thing the dogs will try to position themselves so their eye level is over you so they can be over you and it's like this whole submissive thing and he explains it of Whoever's eye levels below is submitted fully to the other person. And this concept that the wise men fell to their knees and brought their eye level below the Son of God, Jesus, was saying, I am submitted to you in all of my life. That's the honor that's happening. Either I am submitted to God or I'm trying to make God submitted to fit into my life schedule. And we need to get the priority straight. And then see the last thing that I want to share on today and talk about is purpose. They had connected their giftings to the kingdom of God. Their gifts, their wise men, they had stored up these different treasures and brought them before Jesus. And I've talked about what they represent and what they mean. But their giftings to the kingdom of God was now connected. See, before they were just gifts inside luggage they were carrying around. That's the concept here. We have giftings that we have in our own lives. Maybe it's not a bag of gold like these guys. Maybe it's skill sets. Maybe it's things, our personalities. Maybe it's our friendships. Maybe it's things that we can do. And rather than carrying it around in luggage, we can bring it before God and say, I want to present this to you so you can use it in your kingdom. That's the last thing of worship. What are we bringing before God so he can use in the kingdom. So one of the things our, our church is really moving and gearing into is understanding what your spiritual gifting is and releasing it into the world, into your community. Um, I'm going to end there, but 
on your connection card, uh, if you're interested in, in taking that test and understanding what your gifting is, would you just write that on there? And I want to sh shoot you an email at the test and, and I'll, let's have some dialogue there. Because it's, it's not good enough to be carrying our giftings around in luggage unless we're presenting them before God. Amen? Lord, I pray that you would work in our lives today. That as, as these wise men, as a journey to new frontier, as a journey to new relationship and new depth with you, that we would take that on too. We would move into a new frontier, a new depth, a new, a new place of worship with you, God. It's, it's not good enough just to sit around watching other people's highlight reels. Lord, it's our turn too. Let us pray, let us dig into worship, let us understand what you're speaking to us about. In your mighty name. Thanks for tuning in to Lighthouse 805 Podcast. For other episodes on this series, The Happiest Place on Earth, please visit us at www.lighthouse805.com. You can also find opportunities to give or just more information about us. We'll talk to you soon.